Welcome to your weekly dose of comedy with your host, Dana Pereira. Where's our participation trophy? We are back with another episode of Where's Our Participation Trophy. I'm Dana Pereira, and my guest today is Annie McFarland, and she works for Piper Lou. Annie, thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. You know what I love about you is you reached out to me and immediately you were like, I swear a lot. I'm fucking inappropriate. What's up, bitch? You want to hang? <laughs> and you were like, oh, fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you sound exactly like the kind of person that I want to <laughs> hang out with actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I just can't keep it bottled up inside most of the time. That's the problem. You know, I, I think I can, too. but then it just sometimes comes this way and I just can't. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're less the filter. And I appreciate that in a person because I too am the same way. Do you ever find that whenever you like go out in public, like, have you ever had somebody like Shh, you or anything like that? Or put the hand up? No, <laughs> I, no, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what's happening here, but that's not going to happen in front of my face. No. Um, I, yeah, I think we all have, but I don't understand why you don't have to be mean Right. When you're being honest. Yeah. And my favorite person in the entire world, my absolute favorite person in the entire world is the person when you're walking down the street who will like come up behind you and say, Oh, I'm sorry, your tag sticking out the back. Or yeah. hey, you know what? You have a little conditioner in your ear flap or something yeah. like that. Some <laughs> shit like that. That is a true friend. That person is the realest person that you will ever meet. Yes. My you favorite. Know, I actually I was at a pumpkin patch way back when pumpkins were popular in October. And uh I'm walking by this girl and I see her and I was like, where did you get those pants? And she was like, oh, hold on. And she like runs up to me and turns around and she's like, here, just pull out the back and look at the name on the tag. (laughs) I was like, okay, stranger, never saw her before in my life. And I'm digging in her asshole to see what the tag says so that I could buy the same pants as her. I have to ask, did she have cute panties on? Um, I don't think she was wearing any actually. Oh, so you really were digging up her asshole. Nice. And it was funny (laughs) because her husband was like, ah, here we go again. So clearly this has happened more than once. Those must be some really good pants then. They are, they kind of look like, like matte leather. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the shiny leather pants. They're like, did you get that? I fucking bought them. They were on Amazon. They were like 40 bucks. They nice. were, oh yeah. I, in fact, I might go and buy another pair just because it goes with so much. You can like take different patterns and everything. And do that because there have been so many times when I bought like a cute dress or something and I realize it's my favorite, but then I try and go back to get it again and it's gone. Yes. And then you only have that one that you have to covet and take care of because once it's gone, it's gone. It's fucking gone. Yeah. yeah. Do me a favor. Tell yes. people a little bit about yourself. We just kind of jumped right into a conversation. We really did. Yeah. Like, that's what you do when you are. meet your new best friend. You that's know? right. Um, I am, I live in Florida. I am the direct, my self-proclaimed title is director of awesome at Piper Lou. We sell, we're a lifestyle brand. We sell snarky tumblers, apparel, like for example, you know, I'm kind of a big fucking deal. <laughs> on your drinkware stuff. You know, like we just have a lot of fun. Um, I have two kids. I am, an, I'm single. I am trying my best to be able to rock a spoiled and, um, trophy wife life. Yeah. 
it's not been successful for me thus far, but I am still hopeful. Well, so. you know, I mean, it hasn't been successful for me either. <laughs> That's why I'm I'm just a participation trophy wife. I'm really trying fucking hard here, but I haven't gotten that first place trophy yet. I'm still only the participation, but yeah. well, at least you, know. you have some trophy. I have nothing. You have a Tumblr. For my years, <laughs> I have a Tumblr. I have nothing to show for my years of hard work. Like I should have earned a participation trophy at this point, but no. So how old are your children? I have a 20 year old who goes to university of Florida, go Gators. We are a huge Gators family. And I have a 16 year old girl who is a junior in high school who also wants to be a Gator in a couple of years. Oh, okay. So I have a daughter and she is six going on 16. They, the girls always tell me there's hope. Please tell me there's hope. (laughs) They are your best friend and your worst enemy all rolled into one. Yeah. You'll get there though. You'll get there because they're fantastic. Yeah. Do you get to do all the fun girly things? Like, do you guys like have date? Do you go get pedicures and manicures and go shopping and all of that fun stuff? We do. And it's different now because my son's no longer living here. So it's just her and I. And so we'll just sit on the couch and binge watch chick flicks all night and eat cheese and crackers for dinner. And it's fantastic. Or we do girls trips or we of course get our nails done and we get matching nails. You know, like I have my Valentine's Aww. nails. She has the same Valentine's nails. You know, I mean, we do like a whole thing. That's really adorable. My yeah. daughter isn't, I mean, she does like to get her nails painted and stuff like that, but I can't like chill on the couch and watch fucking Joe millionaire with her. You know, like right now I have my husband for that. My husband is like my girlfriend basically because <laughs> <laughs> He's really into all of the chick shit that I love. He'll do musicals. He'll sit next to me and be like, oh, no, she didn't. That bitch. You know? <laughs> okay. I have to ask you, have you watched the Tinder swindler yet? No. On Netflix? I will not say a word, but you should watch it. Okay. So as a person, and you've been single for quite a while now, yes. what is oh. it like dating with children? Um, I guess it was way harder when they were younger. My husband passed away 14 years ago. So it's been a very long time since I've been single and doing this by myself. Yeah. And when they were younger, it was definitely far more challenging because, you know, like, how are you going to find time to like sneak out and, you know, meet anyone? And yeah, if, if you want to date, then it's an entire thing of, well, you have to get a babysitter. You have to pre-plan it ahead. You have to, oh, you only have a few hours because when they get older, it's much harder in a different way because like, you can't just have someone like you start dating someone and you want them to spend the night. Well, then you have to explain it to a 16 year old and then she's got her little boyfriend. Well, why can't he spend the night? Well, because you're fucking 16. That's why <laughs> there's a big fucking difference between my age and your age. Like I've earned the right to have my little boyfriend spend the night. Like you are not there yet. Have you ever had that instance where your boyfriend's like walking out in the morning and like fucking pouring himself some OJ and your daughter's like, what the fuck, mom? (laughs) I usually don't let anyone spend the night until like we're well into the relationship and like my kids know him and then it's like a little bit more appropriate, but no, that has not happened. I will share with you. This is one of my most embarrassing stories is, um, 
I can't believe I share this with you. I'm going to do it anyway. Good. So when my daughter was younger, I was with, I was dating somebody and we were serious. We've been together for a long time and he was spending the night and we put the kids, you know, I said goodnight to the kids. They're on the opposite end of the house. We go to bed. It's late at this point. We kind of wake up in the middle of the night and we start getting a little busy, right? A little uh-huh. action starts happening. And he maybe gave me a little smack on the hiney, right? Uh-huh. Well, all of a sudden I hear knock, knock, knock on the door. We like fly apart from each other, you know? And so, and the lights are off. I wake up with my hair sideways and I'm like, pretending like I'm asleep. And I'm like, Hey honey, what are you doing? What's going on? She's like, arms crossed, toe tapping. I heard you. And I'm like, ah, we were asleep. I don't know what you think you heard. Go back to bed. And I close the door and I go back to bed. I'm horrified. Right. So the next morning I had to get up early for work. I leave for work and she is at school. She texts me and she goes, did I seriously hear what I think I heard last night? And I'm like, well, what do you think you heard? And she's like, you know what I heard. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. And she's like, be better mother, be better. And I was like laughing because this is a conversation that my, at this point, 12 year old is having with me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I get home, I walk in the house. I said, do you want to talk about it? And she said, arms crossed again, toe tapping. I only have one question. And I said, okay, honey, what is it? She goes, was he spanking you? (laughs) This is the worst parenting moment I've ever had in my entire life. Hands down. My response was he has in the past. I can't remember if he was last night. (laughs) She didn't ask any more questions after that. That was the end of it. (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, dating with kids is always a fun adventure. Oh man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I mean, even with my husband and I have my two teenagers are from a previous relationship. And so whenever I met my husband, I was very afraid of how they were going to react. Uh, you know, of course they love their father and they, I was afraid that if, cause I had a stepfather. And I did not enjoy the way that he parented. He was kind of like the disciplinarian and, you know, we had, so whenever I met my husband, I was like, you do not discipline my children, period. Like you just don't do it. That's me. Uh, Do you ever feel like that? Like, are you ever afraid that your kids are going to dislike the person that you're with uh, or like have some like strange feelings about you dating after their father passed away? Um, they both have been their entire, since, since we've been the three of us, they have wanted somebody, they wanted a dad, they wanted somebody to come in and fill that role. So they've always been very, very open about it. I think after so many years now, they're just kind of like, eh, it's probably never going to happen. So it's just the three of us. We're good. But no, for, I was never really that worried about it, but I have dated people who've had children. And I, my kids are a little bit older. And the last person I dated, he had young kids, like a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, like littles. Wow. And I, I said, you know, I will adore your children. I will play with them. I will have fun with them, but I've already done the heavy lifting of parenting. Like I'm fucking done. That ship has long sailed for me. So when they want to get up in the middle of the night, cause they have a nightmare, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to discipline them. I'm not going to, I will be fun. Aunt Annie. And that's it. That's like the role that I can take. And, and he was, he's like, you should not have to either. And that's kind of the role I would expect anyone coming into my life. And that's what I'm willing to give to somebody else as well. Yeah. I think that's smart. You know, my husband's mother 
uh, whenever we had children, she was like, don't ask me to babysit. I raised oh. four kids. Like grandma I'm, I'm said done. that <laughs> grandma was fucking over it. Oh. Well, at least she knows where her level is. She knows the line. It's right here. Don't fucking pass it. We're done here. Yeah. Yeah. And she was not shy about it. In fact, I remember the first time that we invited her over to dinner just to come and hang out with us and see the baby. She said to my husband, he was like, yeah, mom, do you want to come over for dinner? And she went, I'm not babysitting. And he was like, (laughs) cool. Do you eat food? Like (laughs) you want to come and do that? Maybe. Look, she is a girl after my own heart. She is going to speak her mind. She's like, okay, is this like an invite to try and rope me into something I don't want to do? Cause I'm laying it on the table right now. Yeah. Fuck no is the answer to that question, but food. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. All the food. <laughs> yes. I'm there for that. It's it actually, I, I loved it because one, there was no expectation there whatsoever, but two, she had a really hard, she had four boys and they were oh nightmares. Like they weren't a fun group of boys. They were boys that hit each other over the head with pipes. And they were boys that pushed each other off fences and boys that had a drill to one of the other kid's head and ripped his hair out of his head. And there were, they were insane. boys. Has she come around now that they're a little bit older? Um, she doesn't babysit. She does. She still has not done. Mm-mm. Interesting. She stuck to her guns. Yeah. Yeah. And they're six and four now, but she does not babysit them. She does babysit uh, my nieces occasionally, but they live like right down the street from her. And even then she has a time limit on it. She's like, oh no, I, I will babysit for an hour and a half. And if you come back at an hour 31, we got problems. <laughs> I kind of love her. Yeah. Yeah. So she, and I think it'll probably be different for me. Um, because yes, I have four children. Yes, they can be challenging. Uh, but so far nobody has chased another person with like a butcher knife or I haven't been scarred by, you know, the testosterone of four boys in a house. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I am super excited to be a grandma, not anytime soon, but I've already thought of like what I want my, I'm already in the process of deducting what my grandma name's going to be. What's it going to be? What do you have on the table right now? Well, my mom is a Mimi. I was thinking I might want to be a Gigi. Okay. Okay. I was thinking that might be a thing, but neither of my kids want to have kids. They're both oh. like, I don't like little people Yeah, at all. It's interesting because you have to be supportive of that too. You can't be like, no, you have to give me grandbabies because eventually oh. they're either going to like change their mind or, you know, or maybe they really don't want to have kids. Am I supposed to be supportive? I'm not at all. At all. I I, I'm consistently telling my son, I'm like, look, you're the last McFarland man. You have got to have a boy. So not yet, but (laughs) that is on your shoulders. (laughs) You do. You're it. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. My oldest, my 16 year old has said to me, many times, like, eh, I don't know if I want kids. And I'm like, cool. Hey, I would rather you not have kids. If you're not sure that you're capable of giving them like all of the love and everything that a parent should give. If you're on the fence about it, don't do it. (laughs) You're a really good mom. I am not that nice. at all. <laughs> no. Well, my other son was like, I'm going to have three. He already figured out he doesn't even have a girlfriend, but he's decided that he is going to skywrite his engagement proposal 
for his future fiance. Like he's he's made plans. He's got he's it all how old? He's fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. He is going to have the best promposals in the yeah. entire world. He's already got that gene in him. Like he he can do this in the next couple of years because he's in high school. He can like. Oh, I, I, the, the ideas that are rolling through my head right now of what he can come up with. Cause if he's already got a sky written proposal for his yeah. wife coming up, mm-hmm. we can I start him, greasing like, the wheels right now with promposals. He's going to have to really start saving his money because that shit ain't cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, hopefully he's not thinking anytime in the near future either. Hopefully he gives himself a few years to, you know, I don't know, graduate high school and all. Fingers crossed. Yes. (laughs) Do you ever see yourself maybe getting married? I know you have some stories of the dating life. I would love to get married again. Love to. I can't find anyone I like enough to want to go that route with, but no, I would love to get married again. You know, not, this is not to push our Piper Lou, but we are the shit. We have this whole like wedding and wife and bride collection. I want them all. I am going to be that person that has like the Mr. And Mrs. With the year in it. I'm engraved on something. I'm going to have like our like monogrammed initials on shit. I am going to have like all of the, you know, even like, yay, same penis forever with like an engagement (laughs) ring because yes, I'm going to have that same penis forever. Like I, I cannot wait. Is this how you start dates off? Maybe that's the problem. (laughs) I think I'm coming on a little too strong. Is that the problem? <laughs> You're like, hi, nice to meet you. What are your initials? Because I'm thinking that I'm going to monogram some towels. <laughs> oh, can I embarrass myself even more? Please. So my husband's name was Cody. I'm Annie. My son is Logan and my daughter is Morgan. We did not plan this, but after my daughter was born, someone said to me, do you know your initials spell calm? I was like, oh my, they absolutely do spell calm. I was so excited about this fact. So I is now like, I use calm for everything, right? Like that yeah. just little moniker is my favorite. When I start dating someone, I like to try and put our initials together and see if it spells something good. And if it doesn't, I'm like, mm, it's you not going to already failed the first test. I saw, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you need to get yourself like a Charles. No, you can't have calm again. You'll have to do no. something else. Yeah. Like maybe like lamb or something, get yourself like a Brandon or a Brett something like that. You can make a lamb. And if they also have like children, I have to try and fit their children's initials in there, you know, to try and create something. It's very complicated. The world that happens in my brain. You can get like a Peter or a Paul or something like that. And then it will be lamp. And then you can say, I love lamp. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could be palm, which is kind of, could be naughty and raunchy in its own way. If it's like a man's palm, like, you know, the uh-huh. palm, the yeah. taking care of business, you hey, know, we need a man that can take care of business too. We you know? absolutely need a man who can take care of business. So speaking of some business, yes. One of my dating things that happened today, actually, there was someone that wanted to date me. It was just not a good fit. He was not the one. So, you know, I, I politely, I don't ghost people. I don't just disappear from their lives. I am very respectful. I send the, you know, Hey, I just didn't feel the vibe. So sorry. You know, like wish you the best kind of message, you know? Yeah. And I get a, I didn't hear from him. I get a reply. I get a message today saying, well, since you won't date me, what about like 
we just sleep together and have sex and just do like a friends with benefits. Like maybe once a month we'll meet in a hotel, no strings attached, just get it on. And I was like, um, mm, my guy, if I don't want you in my fucking life, I certainly do not want you in my vagina. No, I am not that girl. Maybe some girls are, and there is no judgment. If you are, I am not that girl. If I don't like you enough to even want to go to dinner with you, I certainly don't want you all up in my lady garden. Okay. So I'm assuming this is, you met him over an app, right? Yes. Okay. So for me, whenever I was, you know, doing the online dating thing, if I did not find you attractive right away, like I was just like, oh, it's probably not going to work out because I, I personally need to have a physical attraction like immediately to even want to take the night. If I don't want to make out with you, then it, I, it really doesn't matter if you're the sweetest guy on the planet. I need to have that attractiveness also. So if you're, if you're telling him like, yo, uh, I'm not really feeling it. You seem like a nice guy, but no, thank you. I'm assuming that there was no attractive level at all. No attraction, nothing there. Yeah. So what do you look for whenever you were online dating? Is there something, is it immediately like the picture has to grab you first or if they're rich, that definitely helps (laughs) a fat Um, wallet and a fat (laughs) dick. I mean, a girl can dream, right? Yeah. No, I am actually a little bit different if, if, cause I am so tired of really good looking guys who have zero personality. Yeah. Like they think that they can just be like, how are you? Good. You yeah. good. Well, okay. this is stimulating. <laughs> I mean, like if there's nowhere to go just cause you're so cute that I want to, da- I'm going to want to date you. That just says nothing for me. So if you are funny and well, tall, cause I'm tall and you know, I don't want to date anyone who's shorter than me or even my height. Like I, I like to, wear, I like to wear my heels. I want mm-hmm. to get dressed up. I want my butt to like, you know, pop when you wear the heels and everything, yep. you mm-hmm. know? So tall is definitely a really good thing. It sounds superficial to say that. And I get that, but it's one of my criteria. Hey, you're allowed to have your type. You know, I think that so many people get like hung up. They'll be like, Oh, you're such a fucking bitch because you won't even, and you're like, well, I'm, I have to feel it. And I'm sorry, but five, six doesn't make me feel it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not at all. Yeah. I was just going to say something too. Oh yeah. So you could be like, maybe like a medium average guy, but if you're fucking funny, yeah, I mean, you'll bump up to a seven then, you know, and then like, if you're really a good guy and you're like fun to talk to and smart and well-spoken, you might bump up to a nine in my hot, in my hot scale. Other people may look at him and go, he's medium average. And I'll be like, yes, but Mm -hmm. just, you just talk to him for a minute and you'll, he'll bump up. Don't you worry. I have faith. Go ahead. Honey, tell her a joke real quick. She she thinks you're a six. We need to get you to a seven at least. (laughs) Bump up. Come on. Be funny. Yeah. You know, I, I dated somebody off of Twitter once, and this was a very long time ago, like 13 years ago. So a long ass time ago, but I had met him on Twitter, uh, you know, people post pictures of themselves and they do the best angles. And so I was like, oh, he he looks pretty attractive. Uh, And then I met him in person. And the second that I saw him, like I drove to motherfucking Arizona from San Diego to meet this dude. And I met him 
And immediately I was like, nope, mm -mm, unattractive. It was like a good angle, but I didn't feel it at all. But you know what? You did the smart thing. A lot of women are like, no, he has to come to me for the first meeting. I'd rather go to them because then I can leave whenever I want. Like, I don't feel bad that you're not that they're going to come to my house, but like you're in my town. So then I feel like a little bit more guilt. If you've traveled a couple hours to come visit me and then you're here in my town, then I feel obligated to stay longer to make your time worthwhile. Yeah. I don't, I don't people pleasing at its worst. I don't know. So I'd rather go to them. And then if I'm not feeling it, I can be like, oh, oh, shoot. Look at the time. It's been 20 minutes. I got to go. And then I just so nice to meet music you. and bitch on, my, on the phone to my friends the entire way home. And it's like perfection. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's where I really throw myself under the bus. He wore me down like a motherfucker. I spent <gasps> six hours with him and I was like, I love you. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. <gasps> He knew that was going to happen. He knew. I don't know what it was, but legit in six hours time, I went from first meeting and being like, oh, fuck, no, this is not going to work. I am not attracted to you at all to I fucking love you. I want to have a hundred of your babies. Let's go right now. Was he funny? Is that why? Was he funny he, and tall? He was very funny. He was not tall. He was 5'10". Was he rich? He was not rich. He worked oh. in a restaurant. Wow. I just, I had very low (laughs) self-esteem and I had two children at the time. And whenever, you know, it's really hard sometimes to date whenever you have children and you know, the well was a little thin and you know, I finally, I, I met him and I ended up dating him for like six months. So what went wrong? Um, so I was crazy for one, uh-huh. like super, uh-huh. I was insecure. I hadn't yet like found myself. I was in my twenties. I was still bonkers. My father was dying and this was a big one for me. My father had cancer. Uh, he was admitted to the hospital on the same day that my ex-boyfriend moved to San Diego to live with me. And I was drinking heavily, trying to numb every possible feeling I could possibly have. And, um, whenever my dad was admitted to the hospital and he was coming around to the end of his life, uh, he was like, I can't take this. And he up and bailed. He drove back to Arizona Oh, and I was heartbroken. I was devastated that this person that I like loved so much. Now, granted, I was not great in the relationship. Like I said, I was very insecure he was talking to this girl a lot that was like just his friend that he ended up dating for a gazillion years after him and I broke up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just a friend. Yes. Yeah. But, um, looking back on that relationship, I'm like, man, did I dodge a bullet, a person that couldn't overlook, you know, that I was having a lot of big feelings during such a traumatic time in my life. Definitely not a person I want to be with. Absolutely. You know what? You totally, I, it is heartbreaking at the time, 100%. But it, in hindsight, oh, you did dodge a big bullet right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, because my husband knows about him. I've talked about him before. And uh, my husband is a very good cook. And my ex is also a very good cook. And I was sitting in the living room one day 
And um, my husband and I were like watching a Netflix show and I went to turn off the TV and I like exited out of Netflix and my ex's fucking face was on the TV. And I was like, like an Apple TV kind of thing. Like the iCloud. He was on fucking chopped. Oh, he was on T he was actually on TV. Oh, I thought it was like, like your, your iCloud somehow attached to your smart TV and like popped in there. (gasps) And I went, Holy fuck. It's Adam. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband looked at the TV and he was like, well, it's fucking Adam, you know, (laughs) this fucking guy right here. This fucking, oh, he's on chopped. Of course he's on fucking chopped. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it turns out that the episode that I had seen him on, he actually won that episode. So he won fucking chopped. Wow. Yeah. No, you still dodged a bullet though. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred. I dated someone. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go for it. I, um, I dated someone, this is my last relationship actually, which ended last summer and we were together for a very, for a while, like a year. And he was talking marriage and he already had a plan in his head. He didn't live in town. He lived out of town, but he traveled here every other weekend. And mm-hmm. I would travel to go see him on the, uh, on the alternate weekends. And my kids, my kids would travel up there with me. Like it was a whole thing. Right. And, um, then he gave me COVID and he ghosted me. <gasps> so, you know, that was fun. After this long of a relationship, he got COVID. I took care of him when he had COVID. He gave me COVID and then bounced. Three months later, came back. I'm so sorry. I screwed up. And I'm like, no, you basically showed me who you are. Yeah. I took care of you when you were sick. And when we were together, he broke his knee. And I also took care of him through that. I take care of you when I get sick and I need help. Yeah. Where where you be? Where are you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, whenever I was younger, I already said I was super insecure. I, you know, drank to numb my feelings. I try not to do that anymore. I still love wine. I love fucking wine. Everyone loves wine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see, um, a big difference in yourself from 14 years ago to now, like what are the, the things that you see in yourself that you love about yourself now that are different from, you know, a decade or two decades ago? Huge differences. I mean, so to, to pile on to the utterly sad, my husband passed away story. Six weeks later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I went through a year of like, like, let's pulverize me into the smallest little bits and like crunch me to the ground of nothingness. Right. But before any of that happened, I really was a very spoiled wife. Like my husband took such good care of me. He was wonderful. He was, he was just generous and kind and compassionate and loving. And he was a really, really, really great guy. I, which then in turn created me into being a monster. I was spoiled. I was entitled. I was difficult. I was, I can look back at some of the things that I did back when I was younger and think, oh, like you get that middle of the night shudder where you're like, oh God. And you relive it for a moment. I I have those a lot. So then going through that year of having two small children, losing him, going through cancer and all that stuff, I have happily dropped the spoiled, the entitled, the difficult, the challenging parts of my personality. When I like took all those little pieces and put myself back together again, I did not add those pieces back in. And it's not like I live in a life of like, Oh my gosh, like sunshine and roses, like live life to the fullest every single day, but I can laugh at all the shit that I go through, you know? And I think 
my daughter made a very sad point to me one day. She goes, what if dad was your soulmate and you'll just never find anyone again? And I'm like, well, that is the saddest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I don't want to live my, the rest of my life. I mean, he died when I was in my early thirties. Like, I don't yeah. want to live the rest of my life from 30, early thirties to death alone. Right. Unmarried. But I will say after he passed away, I was like, oh, I'm ready to be in a relationship. I'm ready to like, you know, I'm not ready to get married again. I don't think I ever want to get married again, but I do, I will commit to somebody. Yeah. And I think that was like looking back on it now, because now I am finally ready to actually get married again. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, I think that was like a self-preservation thing. Like if I said that it was like, I thought that I was all healed and all happy on the inside, but I think it was like a way to keep an arm's length of, Mm, of course I'll commit to you, but I won't actually make it official to commit to you. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you ever have like the, the fear of being with somebody else and then him to like passing away? Because I feel like I would have that fear a lot. I absolutely, I do that with, but I am that way across the board. If I'm meeting a girlfriend for happy hour and she's five minutes late, but she's never late. My mind is, did she get into a car accident and die on the way over here? Yeah. Immediately. But I also am aware of that in myself. Like this is, you know, you had some very self-reflective moments earlier about, you know, you were insecure and you were drinking to numb your pain. I try not to be too self-reflective because, you know, I mean, I'm practically perfect. So, (laughs) but that is something I am aware of where I'll just like look back and I'll be like, okay, you know what, this is your moment. This is, this is your thing. You know, it's your thing. And I, deliberately stop myself from like the elevated heart rate and the starting to sweat. And, you know, I'm like getting all nervous. And then the, my girlfriend will show up. I'll be like, Oh, Hey, Oh, she didn't die. You yeah, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. But I do that across the board with anyone. If you're, if your behavior is suddenly out of character for anything of what you normally are, it's automatically something is wrong with you. Yeah, I am kind of the same way. And I have to stop myself from doing a lot of that stuff too. Uh, did you go through, did you do therapy or is, is it something that you kind of worked on on your own or do you like meditate? How do you keep yourself grounded? Um, the kids and I, when like they were younger, we all did therapy together. And my daughter, we waited, obviously she was two when he passed away. So she didn't have any understanding of what was going on. So we waited until she was older and I put her in therapy. The best piece of advice I ever received from the therapist, when she was talking to my son, he was at the time when he, he was still going through therapy. And at the time, I think he was probably like seven or eight. And he had said to her, you know, I don't feel like it's okay for me to be sad because mom's never sad. And I had put on this happy face. Like I was laying in the fetal position at night on the floor crying. And I wake up and put on my happy mom face and I would try and make life as normal as possible. So they wouldn't feel any of the pain of their dad dying. Like this is not happening if we go to the park today and have a picnic, you know? Yeah. And so I learned from the therapist through that, like, you have to express the emotions that you're feeling. Like you have to, they're going to come out somewhere at some time. And you're teaching the lesson to your children that you can't, they can't have any sadness or emotion or negative feeling about negative things that happen, whether it's this or anything, because you're not expressing and, um, and living that life in on behalf yeah. of them as well and representing that for them. So it was definitely an eye-opening lesson to learn. And then from that, just applying it throughout across the board to your life. Like if you're going to feel happiness, feel the happiness. If you're going to feel sadness, feel the sadness. Don't 
try to box up and bottle, obviously at appropriate moments, like don't sit there in the grocery store and burst into tears because they're out of some canned corn or something, right. you know, like, yeah. well, I was going to make this for dinner. Now my whole plan is all through, thrown off, you know? Yeah. So inappropriate moments, of course, but you know, it's just, just allow yourself to feel the things that you need to feel in order That's- to continue on. That's such a great point. I really, really love that advice because from the time we're little, we're told to suck it up and be strong. And you're once you have kids, you have to be the strong one for them all the time. But just because you're sad about something doesn't make you not strong. Exactly. And in turn, we're sitting here teaching our children like, oh, mommy doesn't cry. I suck it up and I move on with my life. When it's, it's healthy to have emotions, it's healthy for children to learn to have emotions also, and to see us healthily move through the pain rather than not moving through it at all, because then we're just creating cycles that are never, ever broken. Right. Exactly. Wow. Man, did not think we were going there with this episode, I but here we are. I did not think we were either, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, so whenever you are moving, when you're dating or whatever, do you feel like you have a sense of yourself that, you know, maybe that's why Mr. Wright hasn't presented himself yet because you're like, oh no, I know who I am. And if you don't compliment that person, I'm not like wasting my time. Exactly. You know, I had um, someone tell me once, and this was, this was the same relationship where he spanked me just to circle it back around to that, (laughs) that guy, he had said to me that one of the most hurtful things I ever said to him was, I don't, we were having a very deep conversation about relationships. And I said, I don't need you to be here, but I want you to be here, which to me is more powerful and more impactful. I don't need your companionship. I don't need your money. I don't need anything from you. I don't need you to take care of my house and change my water heater. You know, I don't need you, but I choose to have you here because you bring something that I want into my life. And he said, that's the most disrespectful thing I think you could ever say to me because I want someone who needs me, who like, just like in their core, just needs me. And he was a very insecure man. I was going to say, that sounds like, uh, (laughs) sounds like a him issue. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a him issue, but that's, you know, I, I don't need anybody. I have a great life. I have amazing friends, amazing family. I, I take care of myself and I want somebody to, who's going to be there, but I'm not willing to just open the door and be like, ah, eh, you're good enough. Come on in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be alone. So you want to Netflix and chill or something? <laughs> Do you just want to crawl into bed? I actually am waiting. One day I would just love to wake up and it's like six months from now. And my guy is laying in bed next to me, looking all like sun-kissed and handsome and beautiful to me. And he's just there. Like, I don't want to go through the whole dating thing. Like why yeah. can't he just like tonight walk through the door, which I will probably then call the police on him. So it's really <laughs> not the best scenario, but in my mind, it might work out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Three Any stalkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. I'll leave the door unlocked for you. Come on in. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on with me today. Do me a favor. Tell people where they can go to get more Annie. 
Um, you can find us all over any of the social, well, uh, not any, we don't, we don't do Twitter, which you had said you met him on Twitter. We don't do Twitter, but we're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It's Piper Lou, or you can find us at piperlou.com. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. This was really fun. And man, I, we learned some lessons here today. I love it. We did. I love talking to you. It was so much fun. Uh, and guys, if you are listening on Apple, please five-star review, uh, leave an actual comment on there because that too will help other people find us and realize how fucking amazing we are. And don't forget, even if you are not nailing it this week, you're still going to get that participation trophy. <laughs>